Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? Merry Christmas. Um, thank, thank you so much for just joining us, being part of this. Uh, it's just an opportunity for, we did the same thing on 4th of July. I don't know if you guys remember that, but an opportunity, you know, uh, for a, a Sunday that maybe a lot of people can't make it, just do something different and do something fun. Plus, it's our last opportunity before New Year's resolutions to eat like three kinds of sweet bread in the morning. So, <laughs> got to get it while you can, you know. Yeah, did, did, didn't reduce our donut order at all. I said, no, we're going to have people binging right before the uh, 1st of, of January. Yeah. But, but thanks for joining us today. Uh, we will have service next Sunday, which will be January 2nd, upstairs, like normal kids' ministry, all of that. Uh, but we just wanted to kind of do this different one for the 26th. Um, besides that, a couple of just quick announcements I just want to bring up, just so you're aware of. If this is your first time, I uh, want to welcome you and come, come say hi to Ryan and myself after if we haven't met yet. Uh, in addition, uh, bathrooms are back there, and we have busy bags for any kids, and they're on the back tables now, so parents, feel free to help yourselves there, uh, and Larry as well. Right, these are, yeah. <laughs> That's usually Ryan's move. I know, I, I, I took a stab at it. You got to do it. Um, <laughs> it's out of love. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, besides that, if you did not know, we are in the middle of our uh, building campaign, renovation campaign. Uh, it's a, a big, you know, kind of three-phase campaign. We're on phase one right now, which is electrical, uh, new bathrooms, and a park upgrade. Bathrooms are getting close. Uh, they are drywalled, and we're getting closer. I think tile tile will start this next week. Uh, but those are upstairs. But the ones down here are still functional and, and working for today. Uh, thank you, Fred. All right. Good morning. How is everybody? Merry Christmas. Oh, so now that you're fed, everybody should be happy and relaxed. And so, uh, man, I just, uh, thinking about last uh, Friday, I don't know if, who, who was here on Friday for our Christmas Eve? Don't worry if you weren't. We, we got it. It was such a... Uh, awesome service for our church and uh, worship, very powerful. The Christmas cane reading of the story was great, and um, and then just even just the lighting the candles together as a church. It's it's been an amazing journey, and and having our I mean really this first as as these two churches have merged and combined to have our first Christmas Eve service. So. It was a great time. We met a lot of family members, a lot of people. And so thank you for bringing your family and friends and letting us meet them and uh, taking the opportunity where they can hear the gospel. And it's, it was a great, great, great service. So I just want to take a few minutes because I know I have a limited amount of attention with some of the kids. So I'm going to just get as qu quick to the point as I can. You know, we're coming up into a new year. We're, 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 we're leaving the Advent season. You know, we've... We've kind of been journeying up to this place of where we've been, you know, trying to experience maybe what the first uh, people as Christ arrived would experience. This hope has arrived. And, and as we're, as we're post-Advent season right now, I do want to read one of those stories today in my last point uh, because I think it has a, a great value to what it's, it, the story communicates about someone's heart and anticipation for what Christ has brought. But part of where we're going is this, this very traditional rhythm, which is the new year, a life of choices are in front of you. And I think it's always important to talk about that before we enter into this year. Uh, it's very common, and you probably will have or have decisions that you want to make that are going to be different than the decisions you've made this last year. 
Uh, I think especially this year, I found myself, I don't know if you're like this, where I know that uh, I want a, a, a much different outcome in some areas of my life than this last couple of years and year, right? We're, I, I just feel like I'm seeing the world differently and more, more, way, way, way more optimistic in a way about like possibilities to make choices. And so I've kind of been thinking about this a lot, and I think that a lot of us have to make decisions this year. Um, most of the time I've had with people in personal ministry and counseling has been walking through the decision-making process to, for something very hard for someone. And, um, you know, I think you've heard this before, but I, I always like reading just little things like this because when, we, when, we're, when we're faced with decisions, we need to know that we can go to God for those decisions. We need to know that we have an advocate uh, on our side. We need to know that we have a guide and a helper who's with us, who is the Holy Spirit. We need to be reassured as we're entering into decisions that you're not alone. You know, it's overwhelming to think that the average person, when studied, and I'd look this study up again to make sure it was still relevant and current, the average person makes 35,000 decisions a day. And you make them, obviously, when you turn left and you, you know, you're putting your blinker on, so many times you don't think about it. Remember when you were first driving? Some of my kids are this way now, where they think about every single thing they do. And now you drive home and you're like, how did I even get here? Do you know what I'm talking about? You're making decisions you don't even know it. And then you have you know, decisions that you are consciously happy to make. Will I lie about this? Will I do this? Will I, will I go out of my way to talk to this person? We have these big decisions that we're going to make. On average, you will make 12,775,000 decisions a year. So I think when it comes to making decisions, it's important to be grounded in the ultimate guide and guidance in our life. And that is God's guidance through the Holy Spirit, through Scripture, and through others around us. So as you're going into this year, I would love to give you a, a very biblical approach to some, some really steps that every believer must take and should take when you're making a decision. You know, I looked up th this of what the average, what the highest percentage of, of people polled, and it's, this was... Decisions that were pulled in the last two years in people's lives and making decisions. So you know some things have changed. And, and they rated them in order of importance. And I think I should read some of these because you would relate to these. Yes, you might not remember the left turn signal, but you will be conscious of some of these decisions. Like starting a new job or a position. That was number one on that list. Getting married or not getting married. Big decision. Uh, pursue a degree or not. These are all in order, and there's, and there's 20 of them. Have or adopt a child or, or not. Buy a home or not. Quit a job position or not. That seems to be happening a lot right now. Move to a new state or not. That's happening as well. People are making these decisions. Choose where to study um, or, 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 or where to go. Um, sadly, get divorced or not. Uh, buy something or not. Get a pet. I think that's number one on the list. That's a huge decision or not, you know, begin a romantic relationship or not end a romantic relationship or not move to a new city, make a decision for your child, start a new business, care uh, for a family member or get medical treatment or not. These are the big ones, right? 
And I think that a lot of times, if, if we're honest with ourselves, we'll enter into these types of decisions, sadly, sometimes alone. Not knowing that we have absolute guidance in our hand. Absolutely, the, the God of the universe, who knows the beginning and the end, is, is very much in step with you calling on him for discernment. I, I, I want to give you just a few things. I titled this message. I'm going to run my own PowerPoint, so give me a break. Okay. Um, when faced with a decision, I, I just think this is my personal guide. This is what I've advised people on, and I think this is super important. Is um, just very four important things that you must consult before you begin to make decisions. And this is the biblical direction of how you do it. Is one is, and first and foremost, seek God's will, right? We have to seek God's will. I, I know what I think is right in my own eyes, but then God knows even more. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've, I've just, if I would have made a certain decision, and maybe recall with me in your own mind, where if I would have made that decision, it would have been a really, really bad decision based on the outcome of that. But for some reason, I felt pulled to go here, and I think it was God, and I trusted it, and it, the outcome is better. Has anybody ever had that? That is God at work in the decision that you have made. You must seek his will. In that 20 list that I listed to you, that, that's, those are all things that really consult God. God, what is in your will? Maybe you want to move, but maybe it's not in God's will because he has something here going for you. Or maybe you don't want to and God's calling you somewhere else. Can we not be fluid with the will of God? There's a great pastor in uh, New York City, and I've always looked up to him. I've read a few of his books. A great author, great pastor. I think a very good Christian philosopher. And his name is Tim Keller, and he said, The basic purpose of prayer is not to bend God's will to mine, but to mold my will to his. And I think sometimes when we pray, we're praying for our outcome, but the prayer, I mean, if you haven't, if you've lived long enough as a believer, uh, praying God's will is always the better first step versus our, what, we, what we think we need. God, what do you see in this? What do you want out of this? Help me see what I don't see. And I think when it comes to these types of things of seeking God's will, I don't know if you know this, but you cannot twist the arm of God. I, don't, <laughs> uh, I know some of you are very powerful persuaders. It's why your spouses are married to you. <laughs> but... Uh, you cannot persuade God out of his will. What you should do is bend yourself to his will. Here's some questions I would ask. is What, God's de what does God think about this, this decision? <clears throat> As we're going to make a decision, ask God. What do you think about this decision? And I know, shocking in our culture today, wait on God and what he thinks in that decision. How about this? Ask this question. How does your word instruct me on this decision? What can I pull from within the reservoir that I've filled in my life of Scripture or even seeking it out? What do you say about it, God? I think asking these types of questions are very good when coming to seek his will. And then ultimately you're going to wait for peace for this decision. Now, you may wonder, how do I know this is God's peace? I have to read a passage to I just absolutely think tells that answer, and it's Philippians 4, 6 through 7. You know this passage if you've been in church a while, but you may not know exactly, link it to, to um, I would say, knowing 
the peace and a decision until you read the last part of this verse. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and in supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, um, let your request be known to God. And here we go. And the peace of God, which, here's what peace of God looks like, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ. If you want to know what the peace of God is, it, it is that peace that surpasses all understanding, that that, that, that can't be true. It, it, it feels almost not even right, where it's like, how can I be so at peace about something that feels like I, I shouldn't be, but maybe God is in something there. And that's where you'll know when you seek the peace of God and you feel that peace in a decision, it will sound a lot like that. It surpasses all understanding. It's beyond your capability. You know, I could just talk on and on about this merger in my uh, of these churches. Uh, and, and a lot of people know this. That in my understanding, I, I, I just thought, how could this work? But it, it, the peace that God brought, I think, in when I came to this place of, Ryan, this, God is leading me. This is the right thing to do. And this is where God's leading. This is his will. I felt a peace that was beyond all understanding. It, it, it cleared out my doubts. It, 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 all the logistical, logistical things and all the pride even I had in my, about the decision itself of like, uh, it just went away and it surpassed my understanding. Peace comes in that way when it will kind of blow you away in the decision. That's seeking the will of God. Now I'll just say this, and I'm saying this in a way to be cautious when we read this passage. Because um, the passage speaks a little differently, but we should read it, with, we should read it thinking cautiously. Is, and, I, and I think maybe to think about it this way is, it's, it's foolishness is carelessness without clarity. When you're going to make a decision, you're going to seek to make a choice. It, it, foolishness is that carelessness without clarity. It's just reckless. Don't make reckless decisions. We've seen the fruit. We, I've made fast decisions, and you watch the fruit. How, you All of you know what I'm talking about. You've made a choice. It was an emotional decision, and you just you, 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 had, to, you had to make the choice, and, and you never slowed down, and then the, the fruit that paid out was not maybe what God could have really made work there. And I got to read Ephesians 5, uh, 15, 17. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise. Make the best use of your time because the days are evil. The days or the age, if you will, is corrupt. Therefore, do not be foolish, but, un uh, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't walk without clarity. Don't walk foolishly. Walk wise and understand what the will of God is, and that will lead you to walk clearly. When, when, you, when we talk about this kind of careless attitude, you know what a word, I'm sorry, I'm going to go all old man on you. By the way, my kids say, okay, boomer to me, and I'm like, I'm Gen X, don't call me okay, boomer. But, but they will, like, there's certain things where it's like, I don't like when somebody says whatever. Oh, who, who said that? I, I just... When I hear, no offense to anybody who says it, I, I, this is just my old sitting on my porch rant, I guess. I don't like when somebody says, oh, whatever. Like, that's just careless to me. Or who cares? I, I, I don't like that very much. Or, you know, I'm sorry this is a beloved classic to all of you, but I think the very worst thing we ever taught children was a kuna matata. Oh, 
it's no, it's a worry-free, careless-free for the rest of your life living. Live, live in just yourself. I, it was the, it's the worst way to possibly live. And obviously, thankfully, Simba realized that there's more to life than just Hakuna Matata. <laughs> and then more currently, it would be YOLO. Uh, I think, no, no. I, I think it's, it's this it's careless living. And when we make decisions, if the Bible speaks of foolishness, it's speaking of careless thinking, careless actions, not thinking about the full consequence, and definitely not seeking the will of God. I will say this, the next thing that's worth, worth consulting in, in, in the steps to make a decision is to seek knowledge but follow the divine. You know what, I, 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 I don't, I, maybe I'll shock you, I don't just rely on only praying, I do my due diligence. And we talked about this in our discernment series a while back, where... When we make a decision, we should invest our time to learn and grow. What does the Bible say about that? What, what, what is just some just uh, good whole wisdom that's around us? What, is, what do other people say about it? What does experience inform you? But at the end of the day, that knowledge, that wisdom for decisions follows the divine's guidance always. You consult with the divine. I wrote this down. We, you know, we're meant to acquire knowledge, but not knowledge alone. And, and that's something we're really hammering home in that discernment series. I would, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that when making decisions. Our labor for knowledge and experience is subject to God's direction and guidance. Everything you invest your, your life into learning and knowing, it's subject to God's guidance and direction. I'm very, very proud of you if you have a PhD in whatever, but it's still subject to God's guidance and direction. I, I always think this too. I, I'm very grateful that you're extraordinarily successful, but your wisdom through that is still subject to God's guidance and direction. Let me put Proverbs uh, 18, 15. It says this, an intelligent heart acquires knowledge, of course, but the ear of the wise seeks the knowledge. Now, how many times did you hear that when Jesus would say, if you have an ear, let, you know, let him hear and there's a certain thing, I, I think, when you look at the, this sense of, like, do you actually hear? I think that's how wisdom is acquired, not just knowledge. But it's important that we do that. It's subject to, ultimately, God's guidance and direction. But, yes, pursue every avenue of learning and growing. I think Paul says this definitely really well. And in, in when it comes to reason and growing and knowledge to make a decision, is to equip yourself, yes, but bring it through the filtration of, of spiritual truths. And Romans 12, 2 says it probably the best. Don't copy the behavior. And I love this, uh, uh, this version of this uh, scripture. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. Don't, uh, you will read it in your Bible mostly as patterns of the world. Don't model yourself after just patterns of the world, but first seek God's wisdom and guidance. And let God transform you, it says. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. There's a, a really great pastor, and, and this is a commentary from this pastor, and I really like it. And it's under this Romans 12, 2 passage, and he's someone that uh, Chad and I will often talk about and um, a, 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 of just some of his, his, 
discernment of scripture and how he interprets things. And he said this, um, Romans 12 too, this renewal of the mind that produces that kind of refining of the rational processes is more than that. It is a renewal of our preferences, our desires, our longings, and our deepest wants, meaning that we're going to reclaim our thinking ultimately to God's desires and directions. And as we continue to change and grow and be transformed to God's patterns, God's ways, God's thinking, then our decisions will become a lot more clear when we do that. I'll read this last uh, quote here from my favorite historical preacher um, and it's I, st I think I stole this quote from you Chad it's the one time you quoted this guy and I love him and it's from a guy named Charles Spurgeon Charles Spurgeon was is noted as the uh, a, a preacher who has probably preached the most sermons in the history of sermon sermonizing and uh, he's back in the 1800s he dedicated his entire life to preaching the word and the sharing the gospel. He said this, if you do not understand a book, now when you're thinking about making a decision, you're wanting to discern, what do you say, God, about this? And you're reading scripture and you're growing. If you do not understand a book, he says, by a departed writer, you are unable to ask him his meaning. But the spirit who inspired the holy scripture lives forever and he delights to open the word to those who seek his instruction. The author of the very book you seek for discernment and decision and guidance is alive and at work in you. And will reveal what that scripture is speaking to you. We could tell testimonies all day of where we read a passage and it literally directed you in a different way. The Spirit was guiding you in that way. The author still lives and he will guide us and teach us. The third thing is this, is to seek good counsel. This, will, this is something we all kind of, we all know. But man, I'll tell you what, if you get bad advice, have you ever gotten bad advice? Ooh. The best counsel I ever got was from a pastor who was the, he was very meek. He was very humble, and so I really trusted him. And, and, he, and whenever I asked him a question, do you have mentors like this or people in your life? They're like, hey, how did this work out for you? How did you do that? And they go, I don't really know. Oh, I hate that. But there's so much humility in that. I asked him once this question. I said, I, I, I'm watching your kids. I like your kids. One of them works for me. Um, these are good kids. How did you do it? And he goes, I can't really tell you step one, step two, step three. The best counsel I got uh, uh, from this guy, he just said, "Here's I, I wrote down what he said. He said, love them, because he's from Texas. Love them for who they are. And then he said, like, just like how God loves you for who you are, and they'll be fine. Oh. <laughs> that was good. That's all I know about parenting. I, I, I thought that was the very best way to start how I approach my kids is I'm, I'm going to love you exactly how you are and who for who you are. Yes, we invest in our kids. Yes, we train and teach and we want to bring them up in the way that they should go. Yes. But also I have to remember that I'm loved for just how I am, exactly how I am, and still, by God, when I'm not exactly perfect. It's great advice. Worst advice I ever got. I had a pastor who didn't want me to work for him anymore because he wanted his son to have the job. And he told me, called me in his office, and said, 
I feel like God's calling you to this very small town a long ways away. <laughs> See, in, in your jobs, you can just fire people. In my job, you have, God's calling them somewhere else. And so God was calling me somewhere else. And I said, I don't want to go. And he said, I believe it's what he's calling you. And I think you should go. And I said, I'm not going. And I moved to California. So <laughs> years and years ago. Um, and I think that it was one of those things that was like, this is really bad advice. And, and I can feel that this isn't for me, in my best interest. When you seek a counsel, you have to make sure you're seeking out the wisest for you, like, I would say ultimately biblically led counsel you can get. And you can feel if you're in tune that's when something's not right. So seek good counsel. There's always got to be a balance. Doesn't mean that they have to be the most successful in that area. There are some people who've maybe failed in an area that can advise you and counsel you. For sure. You've had lots of it. But in your spiritual life, in your relationships, you will have to have that balance. The worst thing is somebody who wants to counsel you in the way of misery loves company. Ah, oh, yeah. Get rid of that guy. I've been great since. I watch movies alone a lot and cry, but, you know, it's like, no, no. We have to make sure we're discerning who we're counseling, right? Proverbs 14, 14 says this. Without good direction, people lose their way. More, the more wise counsel you follow, the better your choices will be. The more wise counsel you follow. Maybe more said directly is Proverbs 15, 22, without counsel, plans fail, right? But um, with many advisors, you will succeed. It, it's the easiest thing when we're afraid to make a decision is to isolate God and isolate from others. Guy, I'm going to say this right now, Guy and I will talk once in a while, like sometimes when we're maybe the most overwhelmed, we'll withdraw, right, Guy? Can I say that, right? Well, I'm outing you anyway. So, Guy, and this is what I love about Guy. We will talk about this, and, and we'll want to withdraw. And I've met lots of people and struggle with this in myself where you'll want to withdraw from God, who's your great counsel, and we'll want to withdraw from wise counsel. And it's a temptation that we'll all have. And if you face that, you're not alone. But I will just tell you that drawing near to wise counsel and drawing near and pressing in to seek out God's advice and, and, and guidance and will, we win, right, guys? It, it, it works every time. But we're, yeah, we're just not smart enough to do it on our own. We need each other in that. But I will say this, uh, uh, the bigger the decision, always, always the more wise counsel you need. And if you do not have a wise counsel around you, you've got to find them. They're established. That's all. You're looking for someone who's established, especially if they're rooted in biblical principles who will guide you that way. They're established. I have people who will tell me things I don't want to hear, but it's good counsel. I'll have people who will tell me things I love to hear, and it's bad counsel. <laughs> you have to make sure that you can, that they're established in a way that is grounded in biblical. The very last thing, and we'll finish on this, is this is proper patience. And this is where we get into this post-birth story of Christ. Patience is a lost value we need things so quickly so fast but there's nothing like patience sometimes it's almost like on a razor's edge had i made that decision too soon it would have been the worst decision you know what i mean like we we just need the decision so bad we don't want to sit in what we're sitting in too much we need to make a decision 
And I have to ask this question, how often do you jump before you wait? You should ask yourself that question. How often do I jump, make a rash decision without going through those steps of what is God's will? Right? Am I investing in as much as I can possibly know, but ultimately running it through scripture? And then am I seeking wise counsel? How often do we just jump like this? And you can say you have good instincts, but they're nowhere near as good as God's. It's worth running it through God and his will. Or do you give up when we wait too long? learning patience right now for my kids it's it's hilarious and they're not here so i'm going to talk behind their back it's hilarious to me of like hey can you do this i'm like yeah just give me a couple minutes never mind i'm like what i'm gonna do that for you just never mind don't worry about it i'm like wow we can be that way as adults we can, and we need reminders, and we need to remember that patience is such a val- valuable, valuable thing of every believer. Let me read this passage. This is after Jesus was brought to the temple. Simeon is blessing Jesus uh, as this infant, and, and he has this wonderful prophetic word about Jesus. But the, this hero, this woman of great character and stature is brought into this, into this narrative here. It's in Luke 2, 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanel. And and it says this, of the tribe of Asher. And she was advanced in years. And I think, Larry, that's what it means when they say you're old. She's advanced in years. Having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, when they had been married which means she most likely lost her husband quite early. And then as a widow until she was 84. But here's the patience part. Here's the value. Here's the proper patience. And it's in this passage right here. Um, uh, She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and speak of him uh, to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is a person of great patience. How long are you willing to wait for God to move? How long? How long will we wait to hear on the Lord before we make a decision? How long? I love the practices she did because I think when you're in patience and in waiting, those are the right things to do, which is to worship God, be awe of him and give him glory. Ultimately, fasting and discipline towards what hearing an outcome that uh, over, overwhelms spiritually sometimes how our body will drown us out. Fasting is a good way to do that. And prayer, seeking God's guidance. And she waited. And Christ came, and then in her old age, advanced in years, she saw the redemption of Israel, ultimately the world, Jerusalem. I'll close with this if you could bow your heads. These, three, these four things, as you go out and you're going to make a bunch of decisions in 2022, and you're going to make some choices, and maybe you've been thinking about them already, but these biblical 
pattern of seek God's will, seek knowledge, but ultimately follow the divine. And then seek good counsel, wise counsel, and then proper patience. But you have to ask, what is God's will when you make a decision? What's the information I have and I've invested in, but ultimately, more importantly, what is God speaking about this? Who are the voices that I'm seeking out? Are they wise? Facebook would not be that sometimes, right? Are they wise? How long can I wait patiently? Will I wait until I have peace that surpasses all understanding? This is what my guidance has been through scripture, and I'd love to pass that right on to you. And this is advice I've given a lot of people, is those four steps. And will you make a decision this year when you are discerning and what to do? And let God be a part of that process by you submitting to his will, his ways, wisdom, what the Bible has to say and guide you, what the Spirit speaks to you from it. And will you apply these steps this year? Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you that we have a new year coming ahead of us. And as we celebrated the birth of Christ... But God, let us not forget that that, that the birth was the beginning of of an established people through salvation, through the Holy Spirit, and through the work of the church, God, that we follow your guidance. That Christmas was the beginning of the beginning of all things. And so, God, I just ask that each one of us in here, as we're getting ready to make some decisions, God, that we run that through you. We walk these biblical steps and discerning a decision. Some of us, God, I I know have big ones to make, God. Let us yield to your guidance and your direction this year. And let this 2022 be a year that, that, that is full of miracles and fruit of the divine at work and not just our own ability. And so God, in the 12,775,000 decisions we will make, God, as the ones we can consciously give to you, God, help us do that. You will never lead us wrong. You will never take us astray. You will always be for us and you are always with us and you have proven that from the moment we can read scripture at its beginning until now and through on. We trust you, God. We love you. Bless us. Keep us safe into this next year. And God, let it be just a dawning of a new day for some people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys stand with us and sing this last song.
practical message for today and yet convicting. Um, I think about all four of those points and how much humility is required because at every step of the way in a culture that, that promotes in individualism and what you can accomplish on your own power, every step of, of learning to trust in God requires humility to say, I trust that God has a better option. You know, Ryan brought up the, the blending of these two churches and, um, you know, the, the homeless church of Soundhouse finally finding a home. And uh, I, I gotta tell you, me personally, I looked at so many properties over the past seven, seven years. Every time we had a really bad teardown, I would go home, I'd look at LoopNet, and I'd be texting Ryan links, and and we looked at multiple, you know? And I, I laugh now when we drive by those ones that we even toured because they were, they wouldn't have worked, they're so small. We looked at one that, that I was trying to make happen that had 11 parking spots, you know? Uh, the, whole, the whole building was, was smaller than this room, you know, but I was like, kids ministry will be outside, we'll make it work, we'll make it work, and, and it was just a, a, a multiple years of us waiting, of us learning to trust in God and learning to, for him to deliver something that was even you know, greater than we can imagine of these two churches coming together. Um, and it's the same with our lives. It requires so much humility to say, God, I'm going to do everything I can to seek discernment, to seek wisdom, to seek guidance from others. But ultimately, I will rely on you for this guidance. So thanks so much for joining us. Um, feel free to hang out and uh, have fellowship with everyone. Once again, if you're new, please come, come introduce yourself to myself or Ryan. We'd love to get to know you, get you connected. Uh, besides that, as I mentioned, we do have our building campaign going on, and uh, there's a giving box on uh, right next to the door on your way out. If that's something that you'd like to do before the end of the year, uh, feel free. If you have any questions, you can come speak to me about that as well. Have a wonderful day. Have a great new year, and we'll see you next Sunday. Thank you.